Chapter 1, Copper Canyon, Canyon de Cobre. About 1991, I believe, I set off to Mexico to see what the Copper Canyon was about. I'd heard lots of other people tell me about it over the past and how amazing it was and that you can stay in this cool place called Margaritas in a little town called Creel. Anyway, I decided to fly to Juarez, uh, actually, Juarez is on the Mexican side. You fly into El Paso, and then you walk across the border, and you can catch a, a bus or a train from there. I took the bus down to Chihuahua and spent a night there checking it out. There were a lot of... Um, it's a strange place. I'll have to go back there sometime because it was... Uh, just had a weird vibe. There were lots of drag queens, as I recall. It just was not the same as any of the other cities in Mexico that I'd ever been to. But I spent a night there and caught the train down to Creel the next morning. Hung out there and there's some um, Indians called, the, I think they're the Tarahumara Indians. They go great distances barefoot and they've got a village there that you can check out. I did all the touristy stuff and hung out for two or three days, took some photos, and then decided I was going to take the antique train from there to Los Mochis. And in the process, I met a couple of other travelers. One guy was an English guy named Nigel, and the other guy's name, I believe, was Brian. We hung out on the train and got in a dining car, and uh, they noticed that I had a brand new bottle of tequila that I'd bought, uh, that I planned on taking home with me to Texas when the trip was over, or maybe drinking along the way, who knows. While I was in the bathroom, I, I suppose they concocted some kind of plan to where that tequila could get inside their stomachs. So they told me about this game, and I had never heard of it, but it had to do with breaking up some toothpicks and drawing sticks. And next thing you know, whoever gets the shortest stick has to take a shot of tequila. For some reason, it was always one of those guys getting the short stick. Long story short, uh, they drank all my tequila, or most of it anyway. Really funny, got over on the gringo. We had a good time and didn't notice much of the countryside going by the window. Made it to Los Mochis. We were supposed to be able to switch trains to get to Mazatlan. There was some kind of mix-up and the train wasn't there anymore or it wasn't running anymore. Went to the bathrooms and thought, well, maybe we'd hang out there and then maybe continue on the next day. And the bathroom there was just unbelievably disgusting. It was just overflowing into the floor. Um, not a pretty sight. The place looked horrible. We had to just decide to keep moving. So once we got to Mazatlan, Nigel was carrying on somewhere else. I think he didn't have much time left in his trip, and Brian wanted to know what I was doing. I told him I was going up into a place called Huautla de Minas in the mountains of Oaxaca, and that I was going to stay with these Indians. I was going to take these mushrooms called derumbes that I'd done before that were really strong. And he said that sounded kind of interesting and cool and wanted to know if he could join me. I told him, sure, it was okay. Um, I told him about this place that Maria Sabina, she was a famous Indian woman, a Mazateca Indian, who performed these ceremonies in the past, back in the 60s and 70s, and it drew a bunch of hippies back then, and it, uh, it turned into a big mess because for these Indians, these mushrooms are their religion. They believe that it's their way to communicate with God, 
the hippies were going there and making a big party and it just turned into a big mess. And before you knew it, there was some violence. Everybody was kicked out and nobody could go up there unless they were indigenous for, I think, about 10 years. I think it had only been opened up or they had forgotten about all the trouble for four or five years when I got there. I'd been there before and I was going back again. When you go there, you have to go to this other town called Teotitlan del Camino. You usually end up spending the night there and then getting a little bus up into the mountains the next day. So we got a room there and the next morning got on the bus on our way up and we met this Mexican guy who was telling us about um, the sister of Maria Sabina. Now, I know ever since she was famous, the Beatles went there, Bob Dylan went there, Timothy Leary went there, I think Donovan went there, a lot of songs were written about the place. After several years, everybody and their sister uh, was claiming to be the sister of Maria Sabina and offering to do ceremonies for money, and I'd partaken in one of the ceremonies there for money, and it just wasn't my scene. But this guy seemed earnest, and he said he was going up to stay with this woman that was supposed to be the sister of Maria Sabina, and he was studying on how to be a curandero, which is a medicine man. So he was going up to be trained by her and study magic and whatnot. It sounded interesting enough, and I asked Brian what he thought, and he said it sounded cool to him too. So we decided to go check it out with this guy and took the bus. Instead of getting off where I normally get off at Puente de Fierro, which means Iron Bridge, we rode the bus all the way up to Wautla, and then we hiked up to the little village where the alleged sister of Maria Sabina lived. He showed us our cabana and set up our hammocks, and we were uh, getting all situated and decided to go back and hike down to the town to get something to eat. So I went into the main cabana and told the ladies that uh, we'd be back and we were gonna go get something to eat. They said, well, why don't you eat with us? And I had a look what they were eating and it, it looked pretty good it looked like typical indigenous eggs beans tortillas it looked good brian didn't speak any spanish at all as i recall so he pretty much was i was having to translate everything back to him he didn't seem to like that idea so much but i said well let's be courteous it might be rude if i just say no we don't want to eat your food and we go anyway we sat down and they brought me a bowl of lukewarm water with a chicken leg in it. Brian took one look at that and said, are you really going to eat that? And I said, yeah, I think it'll be okay. I mean, it looks like it's been cooked. So yeah, let's, we can go down to the town after a while and get you something to eat. But I, I just want to go ahead and be courteous and, and oblige them. So I ate the chicken leg. We chilled out in the room for a little bit, and then it wasn't very long before I got deathly ill. Just major cramps. This little hut that we were in had a dirt floor. It was not that much more primitive than the actual main house. The main house had more uh, like little curtains and more furniture, but ours was just a plain room with sort of weaved together sticks with mud stuffed in and a thatch roof and some posts that were strong enough to hold uh, hammocks and a light bulb. So we were laying in the hammocks and then I got really sick. Had to get out of the hammock, it started raining, doubled over, vomiting, diarrhea. At some point it felt like I had a fever, achy, would crawl back in and dry myself off, try to get warm again. It's in the mountains so it was kind of cold. So I got back into my hammock and sleeping bag, was shivering, 
and finally would get warm and comfortable and then another wave of sickness would come and I'd have to get out. There was no light switch for the light bulb so I'd have to reach up with a wet hand and unscrew the light bulb to turn it off and then screw it back in to turn it on. So this went on off and on for the whole night and continued on for a couple of days. I wasn't able to hold anything down. I tried to drink water. I would, that would come right back up. The Indians came in and gave me little pieces of rock candy just to get some sugar in me. That wasn't doing the trick either. And finally, Brian said, you know, you're going to die up here from dehydration because you're not, you're losing a lot of fluid and you're not keeping anything down. And I said, I know, but I, I, I can't, I mean, I'm, I'm getting sick about every 15 or 20 minutes and I have no energy. I don't think I can make it down to the town. He says, well, I'll help you. About that time, the Mexican guy comes back with a palm leaf. He had to go somewhere else to another mountain or valley to get these particular mushrooms because it hadn't been raining where we were for a while. And I think it needs to rain for a little bit before they start sprouting up. It's a different species than the Mexican mushrooms that grow in uh, the cow manure. These grow in the mudslides and they're very strong. So anyway, he had brought those to us and we, <laughs> we weren't interested in them any, anymore. But I went ahead and stuffed them into my bag and we said, we're going to try to make it down the mountain. Brian helped me and went just like one step at a time, one step at a time. I'd have to sit down. I'd get sick again. He'd help me and wait. And then when we finally got down to the, the town of Wautla, we found a hotel and uh, he helped me up and told the guy that I was, you know, really sick. The guy uh, fortunately spoke English. They got me situated in a room. I was pretty filthy at that point and uh, they sort of propped me up in the shower and I turned on the hot water and I just rinsed myself off and just stayed under the hot water for a while and then I would get the shivers and then start sweating with fever and then shivers back and forth. I laid in the bed and they piled on about 12 wool blankets on me and I basically shivered and then sweat and shivered and sweat for the whole night long. And about, I'm going to say about midday the next day, uh, I started feeling pretty good. I mean, actually back to 100%. The only thing that was wrong was that I was really weak from not having any food. So we checked out of the hotel. I told Brian that I wanted to get something to eat. And I went down to a little cocina, a little kitchen, right over a little river, and ordered myself some eggs and some tortillas and some nopali cactus, I think. The lady wanted to know what Brian wanted to eat. Well, at this point, Brian's starting to look kind of pale. And I go, uh-oh, are you sick? And he says, yeah, I'm really sick. And then he leaned over the balcony and threw up. And I said, oh, well, I guess it wasn't the chicken leg then, since you didn't eat the chicken leg. And he says... Yeah, actually I did. Um, while you were sick and I didn't want to leave you, they brought me another chicken leg to eat. So I ate that and I said, oh man, I really feel sorry for you, man. You don't want to go through what I just went through. And he says, well, what am I going to do? And I said, well, uh, the lady wanted to know what my friend wanted to eat. And I said, uh, my friend's very sick and uh, he doesn't want anything to eat. And she said, well, how is he sick? And I said, well, he's sick in his stomach. And so she said something in Mazateca to her little boy who ran off. And a few minutes later, he came back with a bound bunch of weeds, looked like to me, some kind of green vegetation that were tied together with a string. And she threw that in a pot and boiled it, turned it into this green tea and brought it over and said, have your friend drink this. Well, I 
Push it over to Brian said, uh, Brian, she says that you should drink this. He says, I'm not going to drink that. I can't drink anything. I can't even drink water. And I said, I'm, dude, I know what you're talking about. I just went through it. But if I were you, I would at least try to drink this. Try to get a little bit of it down. Because if, you know, these people know what they're doing, they know what's wrong with you, and they know how to fix you. Just try to sip a little bit of it. Try to keep it down. If you get sick, don't worry. Drink a little bit more. So he tried. He gagged a few times and um, got the heaves. Pretty soon he got about half of it down and he started feeling better and got the rest of it down. It seemed like it was no more than about 30 or 40 minutes and he was completely back to normal. He wasn't sick at all. His stomach was fine and he was ready to eat. And I was thinking, man, I wish I had... (laughs) I wish I'd had some of that tea before I just got sick. Anyway, we decided to go find another room that was a little bit cheaper, and we were hanging out there, and he said, you know, this was this whole thing was a bad idea. And I said, well, no, I mean, we just had a little bad run of luck. And he says, I, I just want to, I want to get the fuck out of here. And I said, well, how about, do you, let's eat these mushrooms, since that's what we came here for. And he said, uh-uh, I am not eating any mushrooms. I'm going to Oaxaca. Oaxaca City. And I said, well, just hang on. I'll go with you. Let's go get some bus tickets. I'm sure there's a bus this evening. It'll probably take all night to get there. Once we get the tickets, I'll get my backpack ready. And I'm going to go down to these cascades that are about 20 minutes down the mountain. And I'm going to go ahead and eat these mushrooms. So are you sure you don't want any? He says, nope, I don't want any. I said, okay, I'll be back by around 6, 630. And we can catch the bus and uh, I'll, I'll go with you to Oaxaca City.